make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do. And you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. Tonight at 9 p.m. on Fox News, you can waste your time watching a debate between people who can't possibly win the Republican nomination and some of whom you've never even heard of before. At the same time, Donald Trump has announced that his interview with Tucker Carlson will air. It has already been filmed and everyone is really excited for that. Now, this uh, Trump pack has created the 2024 vice presidential debate website trolling Fox News and the other candidates. Clearly, it's a waste of time. Most of you probably know this, but I'd like to show you the array of candidates for which you can waste your time watching. You got Chris Christie, you got Tim Scott, DeSantis, Ramaswamy, Nikki Haley, Burgum, Hutchinson, Pence. I ask you this, my friends, for what reason on God's green earth would you watch Nikki Haley argue with Mike Pence? It is the most absurd and irrational thing I have ever seen anyone waste money putting on. This is stupid. Sorry, it just is. Now, look, you tell me that uh, Tim Scott, Ron DeSantis, Ramaswamy, they're going to have a debate. I say, okay, maybe I want to watch that. That makes sense to me. Let's get rid of Haley, Burgum, Hutchinson, Pence, and Chris Christie and have a conversation between these up and coming young stars. I'm kidding. They're not all young, but uh, you get my point. They launched this website, uh, this Trump pack. You can clearly see that Vivek Ramaswamy is the favorite at 58%, the 2024 vice presidential debate. Actually, yeah, that's probably a fair point. Here's my question. They say that there's a qualifier for you to to make the stage, but Larry Elder was not allowed on this stage. He's filing, uh, as I understand it, an emergency injunction demanding he be allowed on the stage because he is polling at the right numbers. Now they said, yeah, but you know, we don't like that one poll. Lies, cheating, and manipulation. I do not see any. I'm sorry. It's tonight. I know it's 9 p.m. You've also got Trump's uh, debate coming on, but I just don't understand. You guys comment below and explain to me why you're going to watch this, because let me let, let me just say again, I understand Ron DeSantis, Vivek Ramaswamy having that conversation. It will be very interesting. But seriously, how much airtime are you actually going to get on that? Are we going to have to listen to Burgum debate Hutchinson on key issues? I don't know or care about who these people are. You know what I think with all of this? Trump's the guy. He's he's the incumbent. He had he's got he you know, he had one term. He ran again. He didn't get it. He's going to go again. That's it. I'm looking at all the polls and you see all these uh, historians are saying like never before. And probably not now has someone this far ahead in the polls lost the primary race. So what is the purpose of these debates? They are trying to remove Donald Trump. So you may be asking, why, why are we even having this debate? Because they want to take Trump's name off the ballot. This is it's, it's all part of this cockamamie scheme. They're going to tra- take tr- uh, they're going to take uh, Trump's Trump's name off the ballot in several key states. And then say, see, here are the candidates that are available. This is why they want to have the trial very, very quickly in March in Georgia. They want to get a conviction as fast as possible so they can immediately file to say 14th Amendment, Trump's an insurrectionist. Get him out of there. 
Yeah. I think this debate's going to be a waste of all of our time. They're not going to be able to remove Trump's name, but should they, for whatever reason, I mean, they're, they're going to try. You know, people who think they aren't, they're, you're wrong. There's still a lot more that can happen. But I think it is it's just absolutely silly. Now, Donald Trump says he's skipping the debate to punish Fox and the Murdochs. Well, I'll tell you this. For several reasons, we are not going to talk about or cover the GOP primary debate. First of which, while we are fans of Vivek Ramaswamy here at Timcast, I mean, I am. I don't see a reason to, to showcase this. Maybe a clip tomorrow when it's like, oh, Vivek said a really interesting thing or Ron said a really interesting thing. I don't think it matters if Nikki Haley says anything interesting at all because her polling is completely irrelevant. She has no business being in this race, nor does Chris Christie. And as much I do like Tim Scott, but I don't see him having any business here. These people are hoping they're going to go up on stage and they're going to break away from the pack. Are you kidding? Vivek Ramaswamy is the clear second place candidate. Even right now, Ron DeSantis is in dead third. Look at this. Prediction markets have Vivek Ramaswamy seven points above Ron DeSantis. These are not polls. These are prediction markets. But Ron DeSantis at 13 cents, that gap is so massive now with Vivek Ramaswamy. It's 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 almost pointless. Ron has been on a downward trajectory this entire time. Look at this from 30 cents in May, dropping down now to 13 cents. OK, so Ron really needs this. He needs to come out against Donald Trump. Well, the memo that was circulating is that he's going to try and defend Trump and go after Ramaswamy. He needs an opportunity to shine. It's not going to work. Vivek Ramaswamy is running the campaign that Ron DeSantis should have been running. But Ron had to go to war with Trump. And Vivek has, you know what, man? I don't know if Vivek listens to me or a bunch of other shows. I think he does because a bunch of people were saying exactly this. If you're going to run as a Republican in this primary to build clout, to challenge Trump, whatever it may be, to sell books, I don't know, you have to praise Donald Trump. You have to because people like him because he did well. The economy was booming. And this is what I was saying. I, I said early on, Ron DeSantis's strategy needs to be Donald Trump did an incredible job as president, but they shackled him down. And my concern right now is that some people find him too off-putting and we cannot risk Democrats taking control, maintaining control. So while I would res I will respect and advance the policies Trump laid out, I think that my strategy and tact is more is better is better equipped for the White House and more likely to win. And some people might not like that. Some people might not like that. So maybe you don't got to be so so heavy-handed with it. You could just say I mean Vivek Vivek is nailing it. He's saying that he likes what Trump was doing. Trump hit a lot, but he's got plans and he thinks he can execute them better. Nailed it. You know what I would love to see? I would love to see a Vivek Ramaswamy vice presidential. This is the thing, right? They're saying the vice presidential debate. Get Vivek as your VP, Trump. Right now, I'm feeling it. We were saying for the longest time, Ron DeSantis, I was talking to regular old people and I was, you know, uh, I talked to this guy, middle-aged guy, and he said, Oh, I just can't vote for Trump. And then I was like, what are you going to do, vote for Biden? He goes, oh, no, I definitely can't vote Biden. And I was like, what about Ron DeSantis? And he goes, I could vote for DeSantis. And I was like, okay, what if it's Trump DeSantis, DeSantis VP? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I think I could do that. I don't know if we're there anymore. 
They launched this VP debate 2024 website, and you can see Ron DeSantis is at 8%. Ron DeSantis is doing worse on this website than Tim Scott is. Yikes. He's rivaled by Chris Christie. <clears throat> Jeez. Yo, we got a... Uh, we got we got to recognize this, man. It's, it is a big waste of time. Now, I do want to talk about Fox News threatening everybody. And I want to talk about how they're trying to come after Vivek. Uh Oh, Vivek is now coming up in second place. So now they're trying to lie. They're trying to they're literally lying about him. before I get into all that. I do want to do a shout out, guys, the defiant dead language. Look up this song. Listen to this music. The defiant. These are guys. This is Pete Parada right here. He's done some drum work for us over at Timcast. These are guys who said F you to the machine, to the mandates, to the lockdowns, and were punished for it. And they are defiant. And they've come out with a new song that's really good, Dead Language. And it, it talks about all of these people, uh, young people are just glued to their phones. Their brains are, are, are washed. I think you'll really, really like it. It's not necessarily the same thing as Richmond North of Richmond, which is calling out the politicians and the bureaucrats. But this is calling out the cultural failures and the people just marching in lockstep. You should definitely check this song out because we should be supporting culture that challenges the machine. Now, let's talk about what's going on with this debate. This is from a couple of weeks ago, and it's one of the reasons why we're not going anywhere near their garbage debate. Fox News threatens to sue rivals over primary debate. Fox News has been called out for apparently threatening legal action against unaffiliated media outlets that reuse more than three minutes of excerpts from an upcoming GOP debate in the seven days following its broadcast. I do want to point out, good luck with that, Fox. You really want to go to war. Now, if Donald Trump was actually at this debate, I'd say try me because this is newsworthy, extremely newsworthy, and we would normally provide commentary on such a debate. But Fox News says, no, we will copyright strike anyone who dares. OK, I find this absolutely laughable. Look at this. Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay backbreaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com slash Carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com slash Carlson. That's carshield.com slash Carlson. Trump tells allies he's skipping the debate to punish the uh, Fox and the Murdochs. In the weeks leading up to his announcement that he'd snub Fox News' GOP debate, Trump is relishing the idea of punishing the Murdoch family. The ex-president's plans to ditch the counter program to debate, excuse me, is in part retribution for the Fox controlling clan's backing of Ron DeSantis, Trump's leading rival in the 2024 primary. Two sources with direct knowledge of this matter and another person close to the former president tells Rolling Stone. Not that I believe Rolling Stone, mind you, they're garbage. Maybe they should have been loyal to Trump. 
uh, they should have been loyal. Trump has privately sniped about Fox and Rupert Murdoch. In discussions with his political advisors and during sit down meals with allies at his Bedminster Club this month, Trump has repeatedly mocked Fox brass and on air talent for supposedly begging him to participate in their televised debate and sneered that the network has no leverage to force him to do anything while his polling lead is so commanding, the two sources say. In these private conversations, the heavily indicted 2024 Republican frontrunner has relayed to confidants the alleged details of conversations he's had. In doing so, Trump has at times performed teasing impressions of Fox personnel trying to entice him to commit to the debate, replete with his standard emphasis on these executive and personalities, calling him sir over and over again. Oh, as the New York Times reported, host Brett Baer and execs Jay Wallace and Suzanne Scott have personally appealed to Trump as part of the network's apparently failed mission to get Trump on their August debate stage in Wisconsin. There are multiple reasons why Trump and senior aides plan to ditch this week's Fox News debate. And the first of the GOP presidential primary season, for one thing, Trump and his team want to deprive his conservative opponents of the attention, bump in ratings and earned media they would get they would likely get if Trump were on that stage with them at this point in the primary. In Trump's own words, why should I give it to them? 100% correct. Now, I'll come back to this, but let's jump back to Fox saying that they will sue you. They will come after you. In an advisory circulating on social media, which Newsweek has yet to independently verify, the network reportedly set out stringent redistribution policies and warned that failure to comply, quote, will be regarded as a violation of our rights and may subject violators to liability under applicable laws. It adds, Fox News reserves all rights and remedies in the event of any violation of its rights. Newsweek approached Fox News via email for comment and confirmation of the document's authenticity Friday, an almost identical advisory regarding the GOP primary debate in 2016 remains available on Fox News's website. Very interesting. The network will host the first of two Republican primary debates so far announced, with the first taking place in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, on August 23rd. Fox of Business will host another at the Ronald Reagan Library, blah, 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 blah. I don't care. The first debate may suffer from the absence of the Republicans' primary field current frontrunner, blah, blah, blah. All right, Fox News. Now, Apparently, they've done this before, 2016. And, uh, you know, in 2020, there was no primary debate. So this may be fairly routine for them. But as we enter this new era, seven years on, where we do these live shows and we provide live commentary and fact checking on these candidates because it is newsworthy. Normally, if Trump was there, I'd say, you know what? Screw you, Fox News. Try me. Let's play fair use. Let's see the extent to which you're willing to argue one of the most newsworthy conversations in this country, if not the most, let's make that argument that you can block out the public from listening to politicians debate their plans. Sorry, I don't think you're going to win that one. I really don't. But uh, you know what? In this day and age, right now, with the lack of relevance as to your debate, you know, I have to I have to say I'm not sure there's a really great argument anymore. Now, obviously, there is a fair use argument. You have some of the most famous men in the country. Tim Scott, Ron DeSantis, Chris Christie, Ramaswamy, the rest. You know, I don't know. Nikki Haley. Fine. You have prominent political personalities debating their plans. And you're going to try and argue exclusive rights over that. No one can share that. Spare me. Now, to be fair, they'll say, yeah, but rebroadcasting the whole thing with commenting. Mm, I'm going to argue that these men need to be fact checked. I'm sorry, these individuals, Nikki Haley, 
These individuals need to be fact checked. But let's just be real. There's no relevance to this debate, so I just don't care. Made it easy for me, Fox News. Not only do you not have the only guy we want to hear from. To be fair, I would like to hear from Vivek Ramaswamy having a conversation with Donald Trump. But you don't have Trump. Center stage. It's, it's like, could, could, could you imagine going to see, uh, you know, uh, insert famous band and the, and the main front, the, 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 the front man's not there. The singer's not there. That's nonsense. Hey, everybody, let's go. Uh, let's go see uh, Rolling, Rolling Stones and uh, Mick Jagger won't be available. It's like, OK, now I can understand for a lot of bands, you know, their lead singer may pass on. And so they want to find a way to, to play and they will. That's different. Um, it's like you're not really going to see the band when the, 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 the front man's not there. And that's what they're trying to pull off right now. It's just a waste of all of our time. The former president has made it clear, as the Rolling Stone says, when talking to those close to him, that he believes whacking Fox in such a public manner also serves to discipline the Murdoch media empire. You know what? Honestly, blah, blah. I don't care. One of Trump's biggest gripes lately has been over the Murdoch media decision to vociferously pump up DeSantis as de future, who could snatch the crown from Trump in 2024. No, he can't. Ron DeSantis made a tremendous mistake. I'm sorry he did. And the DeSantis supporters, they're nuts. Not all of them. Not every single one. Okay. I, I, I like Ron DeSantis policy-wise. I think he is a more rigid politician. He can get the job done. He can execute. And so what Ron DeSantis' opportunity was running against Trump, you know, he got too big for his britches. They strapped on those wax wings and he flew right up to the sun and <laughs> crashed into the sea. Early on, Ron was polling above Trump. The prediction markets had him two to one, the favorite against Trump. And then he launched his campaign. And instead of praising Trump's policies and complimenting him and defending him, Ron came out in the stupidest way imaginable, attacking Trump in weak ways. Passive antagonistic defenses. We call those. Uh, uh, well, I don't know what you'd call it, but it's the false compliments. There you go. It's like a false compliment. What you have is Donald Trump gets indicted and Ron DeSantis goes, look, I don't know what, what, what goes into paying a, a porn star hush money. But, you know, I will not assist in the extradition of whoa, 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 whoa. That is not how you get it done. Hey, look, man, far be it for me to tell the guy how to run his campaign. But I think if he followed the advice that I'd been given on my shows, he'd probably be doing a lot better, which is to say. Ron DeSantis, immediately when the first indictment came out, here's what I'd do if I was governor. I would, I would announce a press conference. I would, I would walk up to the podium, little papers, and put them down. And then I would say, the state of Florida will not allow any law enforcement from outside this state to lay one finger on Donald Trump. This attempt at criminal charges and indictment is clearly a political move to manipulate our elections, and we will have no part in it. You are not welcome in our state, and you will not lay a hand on Donald Trump. Thank you. Walk away. Yo, everybody would be screaming like, yes. Instead, I don't know what goes into, you know, uh, paying off a porn star, but we're not going to be involved in any assisted, not going to assist in any extradition. It's like, dude, you had the message right there. If Florida law enforcement won't assist in any extradition, 
It's a half measure. You're going to send feds down to Florida and he's going to be like, don't look at me. I'm too weak to do anything to defend any kind of movement in this country. It doesn't play, man. It doesn't play. That's why he's dropping the prediction markets in the polls. Now, I think I don't think Vivek has has gone near that that uh, because he's not a governor. But Ron had the opportunity to come out and it's not like he could even if he just said we won't assist in the extradition, he could have done it better instead. Ron has tried to attack Trump from the right. It's insane. And Ron for this, he's losing moderates. Yo, they put out that video where it's like playing that uh, that techno song or whatever. Bow, do, do, bow, bow. And then Ron, it's like Ron wants to ban this and ban that LGBT. And I think there's fair criticisms of Trump when it comes to Fauci. Trump, when it comes to uh, social justice type policies and how far he was willing to let them go. Absolutely. That's why I think Ron DeSantis deserves credit as a, as a governor. But his messaging has been gigantic turds that you can't flush because then they get apparently one of the guys in their campaign produced this video that's playing running up that hill. And then it, sh- it ends with soldiers marching towards the sun in rad, the black sun, a symbol associated with Nazis. And Ron, like, smiling, and it's just like, wow, how do you screw this up? I'll tell you how. Christina Pichot. It's not even a question. She's apparently, there's news reports coming out that she's running these groups, or that, that she's, she's got a group, and, she, and they're all cheering on these memes. And then they put out this absolute garbage, which just tanks Ron DeSantis. If, if there is any sign that, the, that Ron is no longer a threat, Look towards how they're trying to smear Vivek Ramaswamy from the Atlantic. Vivek Ramaswamy says he wants the truth about 9-11. He didn't say he wants the truth about 9-11. He said that declassified documents came out in 2021 showing that Saudi Arabian intelligence were involved in some capacity and we were lied to for 20 years about it. So they haven't told us the full truth. How do they twist this? In a quote from Vivek Ramaswamy, he said something to the effect of if there if 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 there was a question about how many feds, federal agents were on the planes and at the trade centers, we would want to know the answer. And if it's probably zero. Right. And the 9-11 commission would know that. So if we're going to do a commission on January 6, we want to know how many federal agents are on the ground. They twist it to try and make it seem like Vivek is claiming 9-11 was an inside job to smear him. CNN comes out. The Atlantic comes out. Daily Beast comes out. Knives out for Vivek Ramaswamy. Vivek then says, I'm being misquoted. And so what do they do? They wait to release the audio knowing they're putting him in the trap. Vivek stumbled on this one. He walked into this trap. I can't I can't blame him because this is what the media does. They lie, cheat and steal. But you got to be careful. You got to be careful about how you you quote things. And we're very careful when it comes to Timcast IRL. You know, we just had that uh, culture war episode with Bill Mitchell. And he said uh, he was quoting. He's like, Alex Brusowitz went on Twitter and said, insert quote from Alex Brusowitz about how uh, Bill Mitchell looks like an aging lesbian, he said. But Bill said, I look like a and they clip that. Then Alex Brusowitz tweets out. Look at this, this admission from Bill Mitchell. And it's like part of me says, dude, people are going to fall for that and think he actually said that He, he did literally say it. But he was saying, you said, I said, like you tweeted that I, you know, you know what I mean? 
it was still really, really funny. And uh, to with respect to Bill Mitchell, he uh, took it like a champ and was making a bunch of jokes about it. And it was really, really funny. Uh, after we did that debate, Bill Mitchell, really nice guy. He's big for DeSantis. And uh, we were joking about it. He, as soon as the show ended, he goes, ah, they got me. And we all started laughing. It's like, I knew as soon as I said that they're going to make that clip. And we're like, it's going up at any second now. And then, if, you know, a little while later, we're downstairs and he's like, there it is. They got it. And we all started laughing. And he and, and he, he, he was a good dude. He's making jokes about it. But I'm sorry, Bill, your, your tweets are just I can't follow you on Twitter. Your tweets are just I can't. Sorry, man. They're insufferable. All right. But here's where we currently are. They're going after Vivek. They, 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 they know that he is the real threat. So this is what you can expect to see more of. This is it. In the prediction markets, Vivek is the real second place candidate. Now, this is interesting. Why are they having this debate? Ratings, I guess. Selling ads? Sure. Are you really going to watch? I mean, honest question. Are you guys going to watch this? I can understand wanting to see what Vivek has to say. And you can catch uh, Trump's interview with Tucker at your own leisure. It's already been recorded. It's going to be uh, uploaded and you can watch it after the debate if you really want. We're not going to watch the debate. Normally, we would do live commentary with the debate playing. We'd call out people who fact checked. But I got to be honest, the only two people on that stage that care about DeSantis and Ramaswamy. And Ramaswamy is clearly the only one anyone else cares about. Look, if this poll is accurate, vote below for your favorite VP. Click to expand info from the candidate. I would love to see a Donald Trump Vivek Ramaswamy ticket. I think that'd be really interesting. Two businessmen. Now, there are some questions I have, some issues I have. I, I, I really think you need someone with some military experience when it comes to the commander in chief. And that's what I would prefer. I like Tulsi Gabbard when she was running. She, she, she's a, she, was a, uh, she got promoted recently. What's her? I don't know what her current rank is, but she's in the National Guard. I believe she still is. No, actually, maybe she's gotten that. I'm not sure. But like, like real military experience matters. Ron DeSantis was a, 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 was a lawyer, a JAG officer, I believe, in the Navy. I respect that tremendously. That's kind of the issue. Like, well, Vivek and Trump you got two business guys. You know, I got to be honest, I'm willing to try that out, especially because Vivek has that analytical mind. He's studied, he's looked at the law, and he's got plans. Trump is the bull. And this, this is what we were talking about last night. Trump is a bull in a China shop rampaging through the deep state. And Vivek, I think this is what Ian described him as a wizard. And I was like, I'm just imagining the doors bust open to the fortress of the deep state. And there's a gigantic bull with golden Trump hair. And then there's Vivek in wizard robes and the bull starts rampaging around. And then Vivek is using magic to make things disappear. You know what I mean? That's the that's the uh, uh, silly vision I have. I think with Trump, you get anger, you get revenge, you get we're getting it done. We're firing these people. You get a charismatic personality that can rally people behind them. With Vivek, you get you get analytical, surgical, logistical, procedural. You get all of that top level stuff. Now, some people have said, actually, the uh, uh, Ramaswamy would be better as secretary of state and Tucker Carlson would be a better VP. I don't know. Tucker Carlson is more of a uh, he's a charismatic guy. He's more of a speaker. Vice president is eh, it's kind of a do nothing job. A lot of people think secretary of state makes a lot of sense. You get stuff done, but we'll see. I don't know for sure. All I can say for right now is I find this debate to be a waste of everyone's time and laughable. We all know Trump is going to win. He's the guy. They can throw everything they want at him. There's no point in having a, 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 this debate. But I guess, you know, 
vice presidential debate. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. We are all frogs sitting in a pot of water as the temperature slowly increases, and soon it will come to a boil. And when that happens, for a lot of people, it'll probably be too late. Take a look at the first mugshots in the Trump Georgia election case. You've got John Eastman, Trump's lawyer, and Scott Hall. I just got to say, it is shocking and horrifying that we're at the point where Trump's lawyers are being arrested. And it won't stop here. Republicans, I'm not convinced, are prepared for what's to come. And I mean that uh, holistically, the politicians as well as the voters. Donald Trump says that he'll proudly be arrested tomorrow. And according to numerous reports, he'll be treated the same as everyone else. I don't know how that's possible. One argument is that they're going to shuffle Trump in and shuffle Trump out as quickly as possible because the strain on the system would be too great to hold Donald Trump inside with these, uh, let's just say, terrible conditions and security concerns. I don't think they care. I think they are rapidly increasing the pressure to a degree which w- uh, in which people do not understand the severity of what's going on. But let me lay it out for you with two other stories, and then we'll come back and start with the Trump being arrested. First, we have this from Politico. Trump Mar-a-Lago security aid flipped after changing lawyers. That's right. You see, there was uh, one of the one of the individuals being questioned had given a story and explained what happened. Then the federal government intervenes and this guy all of a sudden is like, oh, actually, I changed my mind. I want to change my story. Does anyone actually believe that this is legitimate? I don't trust these people. People like Jack Smith are clearly engaged in a political persecution and prosecution of the Republican frontrunner. And if any in any argument as to perhaps anyone saying Trump's Trump's guilty, you've lost all that. I'm sorry, you've lost all that. Russia gate, Ukraine gate debunked. We know those are all lies. We know Joe Biden was engaged in illicit business activities. No. So when you tell me that someone testifies, says, here's what really happened in these documents case, then the feds intervene and all of a sudden he says, actually, I've changed my mind. My story is totally different. You expect me to believe that's legitimate? Nope. And here's the next story from the AP. Fired founder of right-wing organization Project Veritas is under investigation in New York. They're going after James O'Keefe. This is August 18th, 2023. What did I say only a few weeks ago? What have I been saying these past couple of weeks? The next people to be targeted will be media personalities. Now, let me let me preface this with my actual belief is a bit more nuanced than just to say James O'Keefe. It is people who are cheering on Trump or working towards any kind of uh, to help him in any way with his goal. James O'Keefe does not fit that description perfectly. What I meant was specifically, I believe they'll go after people like Tucker Carlson, people who are in position uh, in communication with the president uh, and his legal team, 
who then went on to either agree with or work towards uncovering what they viewed to be election fraud. Now, while James O'Keefe is not the perfect uh, example of what I was referring to, he does still fit the mold. See, James O'Keefe uncovered, how about a video of a guy who's got a bunch of ballots in his car saying that he's getting paid for this? Yes, individuals who are helping Donald Trump in any way in this narrative are next. Now, I don't know what they're doing with James O'Keefe, but I warned and I'm warning you now. It's going to get worse. I want to make sure I preface all of this with one. Now is the time for procedural action. Knocking on doors, advocating for people to vote, spreading the word. The most important thing you could probably do, tell all your friends and family to sign up for X, formerly known as Twitter. You see, convincing someone that this is going on is very difficult. You tell them that they're arresting journal, investigating journalists, arresting lawyers, and they're going to say, hey, this, this is crazy. What? It's not happening. You're, you're, you're a conspiracy theorist. There is a simple thing you can do. Hey, are you on, are you on Twitter or X or whatever? No, I don't know. You should sign up because I'm on it. And then, you know, we can, we can, I can message you and I can stuff like that. And, and, you know, and then I'll see your posts. Now that is a much easier sell. People need to know what's going on. But I want to make sure I explain this to you. These images, these investigations, these news stories, they want you angry. Don't get angry. Get smart. Donald Trump can win. And I believe he's actually the favorite to win. Trump lost in 2020 by around 42,000 votes in three states. He can easily make that up. And without lockdowns, Democrats are in serious trouble. Now they come out and they say, Joe Biden got 81 million votes to Trump's 75 million. Doesn't matter. Electoral college is what matters. That's why they're desperate to do something about it. They want to shut it down. But right now, I know that Donald Trump has a real path towards victory. You've got never Trumpers once again, whinging about how he can't win. When even Democrats are saying he only needs 44,000 more votes. Yeah, Trump can win. Then you take a look at Bud Light. You take a look at rich men north of rich men. You take a look at Sound of Freedom. You take a look at Target. And we are winning the culture war, which is why the only thing these psychopaths have left is the weight of law enforcement. They're desperate. I think Republicans need to get ready because they'll try and get it, make it worse. Now you've got the story coming out about a woman who had a pride flag, got into an altercation with a guy who tried ripping it down, and then he shot and killed her. They desperately need a reaction. Don't give it to them. Now is the time to make money, work hard, and make sure you are focused on learning as much as you can, spreading the word, talking about politics, challenging the legitimacy of these charges against Trump and his lawyers and media personalities under, under investigation. Challenge all of that. And make sure you are ready to vote. Because I tell you this, the path towards victory is simple. Trump wins. And there's a lot of people who are like, he can't win. Oh, blah, 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 blah. 42,000 votes. They say, what was the point of voting in 2020? Oh, it's all crooked. Nope. 42,000 votes was all Trump needed. And if y'all remain steadfast, he will easily get that. Now is the time for people to write music. Rich men north of rich men, slam dunk Oliver Anthony, to make movies like Sound of Freedom, to tell these big corporations we will not buy your products. And that's it. And with a smile on your face, you know what the Democrats are doing? They're wiggling their fingers in front of your face going, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. Don't react. 
Just smile, turn around and walk away. Stay the course. Do not let them trigger you into a reaction. Now, don't get me wrong. Legal responses, lawfare, all that stuff's on the table. What I'm saying is we must at all costs prevent any and all violence because Democrats want it. They want it. You're going to see Antifa. You're going to see the far left and they'll try and justify all of it. There's that far left extremist who set fire to a man's Trump sign in his yard. Proud to say we have paid a reward to an individual who identified the criminal who has been criminally charged and is being sued. Now, the individual is being charged with a couple of misdemeanors that have no jail time, despite the fact that he committed arson twice. You see him on camera. He apparently admitted to it. Understand this. This is the path that we have to take. Now, a lot of people, I see these unhinged rents, unhinged claims. They're like, no, we have to fight. I'm like, dude, you're not going to win that. You are fighting an uphill battle as Democrats control these institutions. You must be smart about your approach. And the smart approach right now is cultural victories, smash hit songs, billboard hot 100. They can no longer deny it. Convince as many people as possible to wear that Guy Fox mask figuratively and stand peacefully. And then they can't do anything about it. That scene in V for Vendetta. Nobody went around smashing anything. That's the Antifa lie. That's the leftist lie. All they did was put on the mask and say, we don't we don't believe in you anymore. You have no strength. You have no power here. That's where we move as we go into 2024. Don't let them. Don't let them trigger you. Donald Trump says he'll proudly be arrested tomorrow in Georgia on election fraud charges. The ex-president's imminent surrender is poised to overshadow first GOP debate. That's right. Trump's bail is set as 200 uh, at 200,000. John Eastman was 100. I believe uh, we have this uh, Sidney Powell, 100,000. Let me tell you. You know, I was saying before that I thought Trump's best move was to challenge the machine to go to Florida and say, serve me paperwork. And I'm I'm diminished a bit on that idea. I've diminished a bit. Well, I certainly still see there's merits to Trump saying, serve me and I will respond. What probably happened is they reached out to his lawyers and they did everything over the phone and Trump said, OK, I'll come in. And I don't I don't like that because you don't need to give the government the benefit. Just say, you guys follow your normal procedures and let me know. But now that I've thought about it and I'm seeing this, I think I understand what Trump is doing. I don't think it's 5D chess. I don't think Trump is that clever. A lot of people think everything he does is 5D chess. Some people think he's still president for some reason. But I do think he's thought of, I I do believe Trump has thought about this and he has chosen to do this. And there are some big advantages to Trump surrendering in this way. First, the lesser known GOP debate will be tonight and I don't care to watch it. Some people are like, well, I want to watch it for the lulls. Dude, I'm sorry, man. I'll say it again. I don't care to see Nikki Haley quip at Mike Pence. That's meaningless to me. Vivek Ramaswamy and DeSantis, sure. But what's the point of watching, you know, an hour plus so you can get a few minutes of Vivek and DeSantis talking? Nah, not worth it. Here's the thing about Trump surrendering on Thursday. Tomorrow, normally after a GOP debate, we'd be posting clips. We'd be saying, look what this said. Look what he said. Look what she said. Nope. Tomorrow, we're going to be saying Trump surrenders, Trump surrenders, Trump mugshot. Trump knows it. Trump knows these actions may shock America. And it's something I've talked about. You can't just be a frog sitting in the pot as the water comes to boil. 
You have to shock this nation. And that mugshot, definitely going to do it. I hope it's shocking enough, but I think Trump gets it. I, I, I should say, I think Trump believes it. Trump surrenders. They put him through all this and he comes out looking like a political martyr saying, look what they are doing. And it's, I think it's going to be effective for a lot of people. I hear from more and more people I know that voted for Biden in 2020 saying this is getting out of hand. And so at the very least, a lot of people I hear from say they won't be voting Democrat. Doesn't mean they vote Trump, but Trump only needs 42,000 votes. That means the Democrats can lose 42,000 votes. Trump can win 42,000 votes or some combination of the two. Let's say Democrats lose in these states 20,000 votes and Trump gains 25,000. He wins. Let's say Democrats lose 200,000 votes and Trump gains nothing. Let's say Trump loses a million votes across these states and the Democrats lose more. That's the point. It's not just about whether Trump will gain votes. It's about how many are is Biden going to lose, which is why we're hearing more and more that mandates are coming back. And we talked about this last night in IRL. Phil Labonte was saying that they'll justify mask mandates or lockdowns so they can get the mail-in votes. But I, my response was, I think he's mostly correct, but they're not going to call them mandates. And there are some mandates, some universities, a studio in, in uh, Hollywood, uh, some hospitals in New York. And I'm hearing rumors from friends of friends that some areas of L.A. have already brought it back, mask mandates. Or California, I should say. But I think there's a strong possibility that what happens is Joe Biden's administration comes out and says, no, 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 we're not going to force you to do anything. Mandates don't work. So we're not going to do mandates. But these are our guidelines because we think you should follow them and you should try to save your fellow man. Now, we're not going to force anybody to do this, but because we have issued this guideline, we have to do universal mail-in voting. Sorry, everybody. It has to happen. And some people have said, yep, yeah, they've already done it. They've already got universal mail-in voting. Yes, but there are still some weaknesses there as to whether or not you will receive another ballot again. They've done this thing where it's like, if you've signed up before, you'll get another one. But will everyone get one? If they issue these guidelines, then they can, we're going to send everybody the mail-in vote. Then they're going to go for the ballot harvesting again. But Trump needs only 42,000 votes in these swing states, which is why they're going after him in Georgia, because they know Georgia is pivotal. We'll see. But take a look at what they're doing here from Politico. A Trump employee who monitored security cameras at Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago abruptly retracted his earlier grand jury testimony and implicated Trump's and others in uh, Trump and others in obstruction uh, after switching from an attorney paid for by the Trump Political Action Committee to a lawyer from the Federal Defender's Office in Washington. I would like you to just understand what happened here. A federal employee becomes the lawyer for this individual who all of a sudden is now implicating Trump. I'll tell you what I think happened. This guy probably did nothing because this case is already novel legal theory. Said, told the story. I don't know. Trump didn't say to hide anything. And they were like, huh, but we need the indictment. We need the evidence. So a Fed goes to him and says, here's what's going to happen. We are going to get you on perjury charges unless you recant and say what we want you to say. And this guy, terrified and panicking, thinking it's all coming crashing down, will do anything to save his own ass. Here we are. The aide described as Trump employee four in public court, identified elsewhere as Yuskel Tavares, 
held the title of director of information at Mar-a-Lago. He initially testified to a grand jury in D.C. that he was unaware of any effort to erase the videos. But after getting the new attorney, immediately retracted his prior false testimony and detailed the alleged effort to tamper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because what they did was they said, listen, you're going to be okay. You're going to go home. You're going to play video games. Here, that new Baldur's Gate 3 is coming out. Is it Baldur's Gate 3? Baldur's Gate's coming out. Uh, I don't know if it's part three or whatever. It's coming out for PlayStation, already out on Steam. Don't you want to just go home and play Baldur's Gate? All you got to do is say what we want you to say, and it all goes away. Because think about it. If you say naughty things, nasty things about Trump, what's the worst going to happen? Is Trump going to get mad at you? So what if he does? If the feds are mad at you, now you're going to prison for the rest of your life, and there is nothing you can do to stop it. Well, that is, of course, unless you say what we tell you to say. And then maybe we'll look the other way and let you go on home and play your new video game. There is no world in which I believe this testimony is legitimate. Russiagate hoax, Ukraine gate hoax, lie, lie, lie. It's getting crazy out there. Robert Barnes. Someone posted this tweet, a quick cheat sheet of the top five constitutional issues of the Trump indictment. First, it violates the Article Two executive power. Yeah, the president has the power to do things. Violates his First Amendment because he was saying things. Fourth Amendment in their search warrant. The Fifth Amendment in the grand jury and venue clauses for misuse of D.C. grand jury. Sixth Amendment, attorney-client privilege. Other issues include impeachment clause. First Amendment issues with prosecuting your opponent. One theory says that the Constitution requires you impeach a president before you charge him criminally. Because he is the executive. He takes action on behalf of this country. He determines as the executive, as the chief executive officer, commander in chief, he determines how law enforcement is handled. So he's supposed to be impeached before any of this happens. And if there is crimes, uh, high, high crimes and misdemeanors, they say, then he gets impeached. Then he gets criminally charged. Instead, this is where we're at. Robert Barnes responded to the key witness flipping, saying, in other words, the chief judge in D.C. interfered with a client's choice of counsel, interposed a lefty Trump-hating federal defender on his client, coercing the client into flipping on and testifying against Trump allies. It's the continued violation of the Sixth Amendment. Oh, so much. Charlie Kirk says, for those of you keeping score at home, we have a local D.C. district attorney investigating the number one funder for conservative political causes on the right. We have a local Westchester D.A. investigating James O'Keefe, trying to put him in prison. We have a local Manhattan D.A. indicting Trump for an unprecedented crime, trying to go after his whole family. Local Fulton County D.A. going after Trump and his lawyers. Michigan AG is targeting 16 alternate electors. And not a single Republican D.A. or AG has the stones to investigate or indict the criminals on the left. This is why you are losing your country. Here we go from Politico. D.C. Attorney General is probing Leonard Leo's network. The Federalist Society co-chair and ex-Trump judicial advisor has utilized nonprofit groups to collect more than $1 billion for conservative causes. Politico says, Washington, D.C. Attorney General Brian Schwalb is investigating judicial activist Leonard Leo and his network of nonprofit groups, according to a person with direct knowledge. The scope of the investigation is unclear, but it comes after Politico reported in March that one of Leo's nonprofits registered as a charity paid his for-profit company tens of millions of dollars in the last two years since he joined the company. A few weeks later, a progressive watchdog group filed a complaint to the D.C. attorney general 
blah, blah, blah. You get the point. Here we go. It's all coming down. Trump's going to surrender. He's going to be treated like any other inmate. There's going to be a protest, apparently. Y'all need to be as peaceful as peaceful can be. In fact, uh, one idea, people might not like this, is to handcuff yourselves. I, I, just that, put, put, put cuffs on, or it may be even figurative cuffs for a couple of reasons. We do not want anyone to be violent. And I know a lot of people are going to say self-defense. You need to understand a few things. First, the symbol of Trump supporters in cuffs is an excellent stunt. Remember when AOC pretended to be cuffed? Because they know what that shows on video. But here's what I'm saying. They will try to provoke you. Antifa may try showing up to provoke you into fighting. I know a lot of people are going to say, no, don't back down. But you need to understand two things, two scenarios. The May 29th insurrection, where law enforcement cleared out the far left after they tried to burn down a church and it was forgotten about. And January 6th, where the police stood down, opened the door and let people in. And now those people are in prison. They will try to trick you into doing something that will result in your arrest that the media can then use against you. And even if Antifa swings first and you defend yourself, that's not the clip they're going to show. They're going to show the clip of you swinging. That's why I say nonviolence resist any attempt to get you baited into fighting. Don't fight. Don't do it. And I know a lot of people don't like the idea, but this is why the left wins. They claim victimhood. Imagine what would happen if peaceful, nonviolent Trump supporters were kneeling in front of the court in a symbol of political persecution. And there's video of them being pepper sprayed and beaten without fighting back. That's the PR narrative. And I don't, I don't. A lot of people are going to say, no, no, dude, no, no, no. I'm telling you, dude, don't, don't give them the opportunity to make you look like the bad guys. I'm not saying you have to do the symbolic protest or anything like that. I'm just saying you get the idea. The last thing we need is any kind of, of conflict. Let them be evil. Don't let them trick you. Hope everyone stays safe. And I hope you remain vigilant. The key to victory now is November and Trump can win. Don't let them convince you otherwise. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. I love it. They will try anything to protect this guy. Ladies and gentlemen from NBC News, if you can call it news, conservative pundits falsely claim Biden slept during Maui Fire Memorial. Using low quality video that distorts how Biden appears, pundits made the false claim go viral on social media. Oh, boy. Uh, It is my opinion that it shows Joe Biden falling asleep. I don't know how else you're going to. Okay, all right, let's try this. Dozes off for about 10 seconds because that's what they said, right? He puts his head down, closes his eyes and for about 10 and then he nods and he's like, "Uh," and then he gets up. That's the point. That's what we're saying happened. We're not saying that Joe Biden pulled out a pillow, made a my pillow at that, laid down, went to sleep. It's quite literally the point that he's dozing off and not paying attention to what's going on. I love this. They directly insult and besmirch my good honor in this article. But ladies and gentlemen, I have the video in question in high resolution to assuage their fears that I, they claim, would spread misinformation. Mm, No, 
I have the actual video clip. I'll play for you, uh, play it for you in high resolution to make the exact same point I already made yesterday. But I got it. We got to We got to read this article first. I love it. Using low quality video that distorts how Biden appears. My favorite thing was that the dude who wrote this said Biden wasn't sleeping. He was dipping his head in solemnity. (laughs) Yo, come on. The dude was falling asleep. Let's be real. Ian made a very fair point on IRL. Time change. What time was it in Hawaii? I think Hawaii is what, minus five hours or something like that? More, maybe? So Joe Biden's being asked to stay up till like two or three. I'm impressed, right? He's falling asleep. Okay, that's what he's doing. I'll show you the video, but let's read. Conservative pundits used low quality video on social media platforms Tuesday to spread a false claim that President Joe Biden fell asleep during a memorial for Maui wildfire victims. I'll, I'll be completely reasonable with all of you right here. What we have here, is a clash of opinion. NBC News says, in our opinion, he was dipping his head in solemnity and not sleeping. And in my opinion, he's dozing off. That's it. What more can you say? Have a nice day. I think most people seeing the history of Joe Biden struggle to speak and fall asleep at other events would conclude dude's dozing off. That's just it. Dozing off. What does that mean? Yo, it means he fell asleep for like 10 seconds. I'm not saying he took a nap. Ridiculous people. Fox News host Sean Hannity was among those who shared a low resolution video on X, the social media app formerly known as Twitter. Hannity's post was viewed more than 425,000 times within a few hours. A similar video posted by others received thousands more views on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Higher resolution video from the nonpartisan network C-SPAN shows that Biden looked downward for about 10 seconds while he was seated at a table. In the video, Biden watches someone who's speaking, coughs, looks downward, and then nods in agreement with the speaker. Then he looks up again. He later dis- delivered a speech to the same audience. You know what? Can I I'm, I, I, I got to pull up what this guy said on Twitter because it's too funny. And it's more than just they said that he looked down. Oh, yeah. Let me see. Where, 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 where do we where do we have this here? I think I just put like, haha, sleepy Joe or something. Here we go. All right. Here you go. Benjamin Ryan. Who is this Benjamin Ryan guy? He says, no, Biden was not sleeping at the Maui Memorial. He was bowing his head in solemnity. This is the most unhinged and psychotic defense of Joe Biden I have ever seen. Who is this guy? Health and science reporter for the New York Times, NBC News, blah, blah, blah. Absolutely amazing. The higher resolution video shows that Biden kept his eyes open for most of the time. He was looking downward. No, they don't. The video, I have the video. It shows him close his eyes and doze off. At least one member of Congress, Rep. Troy Nails, also shared the lower resolution video. A spokesperson for Nail said everyone with eyes can draw their own conclusion about whether Biden was nodding off in the video. Asked for comment about the Maui videos, White House spokesperson Andrew Bates said it's unfortunate they feel the need to lie and said they should join him in supporting the people of Maui. I love it. They call them cheap fakes. It's just because it's low resolution to trick people into what's really happening. Don't worry, I'll play the high resolution one. I love this. Where do they bring up? They bring up me. Here we go. Several videos on YouTube use lower resolution video to allege that Biden fell asleep. One from pundit Tim Pool. Hey, they didn't say conservative. Had 116,000 views. Another from The Hill had 118,000 views. And a third from a self-described motorcycle enthusiast. What is what? 3,000 views. Why? How, how, how is that relevant? What? YouTube bans misleading content if it has been technically manipulated or doctored in a way that misleads users. It also has a policy of reducing the spread of borderline videos that come close to crossing its line, but don't. YouTube didn't immediately respond to an email request for comment, 
Pool in the Hill also didn't immediately respond. I love this. They don't actually try, as far as I can tell, to reach out. And then they're like, but they didn't respond in time. 7 p.m., dude, I host a show. It's called TimCast IRL. We, we tried to contact Tim Pool while he was live on the air with his own show. Oh, come on. Now, to be fair, they probably emailed me at like five when I'm eating dinner and then getting ready for pre-production. But don't worry, I got your comment right here. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the video in question. Let me play for you the higher resolution clip. Like here's others. Joe Biden. Is that thing going to come on? Let's get rid of that stupid plus minus. There he goes. Here he goes. Giving clothes, giving clothes, food, and shelter by someone they may have never met before. We are a community that relies on family. Should we count the seconds? On Ohana. Now, now he's opening his eyes and nodding. Okay. And uh, he's got what appears to be labored breathing. But like many others. And then he eventually uh, looks back up. Looks back up. That whole episode took about 20 seconds. Let's refresh. Let's try this one more time. I will count. I will count the seconds. Why did the resolution just drop? Let's make sure we... I want to... No, we got to get the resolution. 576? What? 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 That's the resolution they're offering here? They can't... Here we go. Like many others who left with... I'm going to count the seconds for you. They too were giving clothes, given clothes, food... Here he goes. Looking down. Eyes closed. By someone... All right. They may have never met before. That's five seconds. We are a community that relies on family. Ten seconds. On His eyes now reopen. That's the point. That's the point. He's nodding off. It's remarkable that what they do is we get a video of Joe Biden closing his eyes. Imagine this. I want you to imagine this. I'm, a, I'm doing this video right now. And imagine if as I am reading the news, I, I, I went like this. YouTube didn't immediately respond <clears throat> to an email request. Okay, it looks like I fell asleep. I, I quickly returned. But 10 seconds of him putting his heads down, closing his eyes, is nodding off. It's dozing off. It is falling asleep. That's the point. And then he wakes back up. You know what the appropriate response is to all of this is to say, Yes, Biden may have fallen asleep for roughly 10 seconds. Calm down. It's a time zone change and he's up very late. And I'd say, OK, you know, fair point. But I want a president stronger than that. I want a president who's not going to fall asleep. I want a president who's going to have a cup of coffee and be like, I've got to stay awake for this. I want a president who can pull an all nighter if possible. That's the criticism. NBC, you crackpot liars. YouTube bans misleading content. They're basically saying, why won't YouTube ban Tim Pool? Oh, screw off. A post on Instagram from the account, students for Trump had 28,000 likes, blah, blah, blah. Meta, the company that owns Facebook and Instagram, has a policy to remove content. Why won't they ban you? Ooh, we all watched a video where Joe Biden bows his head, closes his eyes, and starts going, <sighs> and you're like, that's not sleeping. He's bowing his head in solemnity. Why won't you, you they want us banned for that? I love this timeline. TikTok also disallows misleading content. That causes societal harm. Yo, ban NBC News. Who wrote this garbage? David Ingram. This is what I love about NBC. It is garbage. Pure garbage. They hire a bunch of partisan psychopath cultists and they just say, please engage in sophistry for the sake of advancing the Democrat agenda. And then they get a wonderful, what does NewsGuard give them? 100 out of 100. So credible. One of my favorite stories is when NBC 
took a story from an activist that was a lie about me, posted it as if it was fact. Then a bunch of other outlets regurgitated those lies. But then NBC removed the citation from their page. So you had all these entertainment websites citing each other a fake fact. Isn't that brilliant? NBC writes fake news. Website copies fake news. Website copies that website. Website copies that website. Then NBC removes that story. And now you have a bunch of articles all referencing each other. And there's no actual origin to the claim they've made. And then when I reach out and say, you lied, they go, no, we're citing them. It's fair. It's 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 you can't sue us for defamation. It's public participation. These people are scumbags and they are evil. NBC News. Nice try. OK, I'll play your C-SPAN video. Nice try. Yeah, we're not falling for it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. It's a viral video. A man buying some beer at a gas station sees an armed robber while still carrying his six pack. He fires at the, the at the criminal, seriously injuring him. And I here's the story. I'll keep it simple for you. They actually considered charging this guy despite the video showing there was a man threatening to murder a store clerk. Yo, this guy with the beer, I wish he didn't have to do this. We do not want violence, but he's not the one who brought it that day. The guy was robbing the gas station, a convenience store, sorry, in Michigan, with a box cutter, threatening to kill a guy, brought the violence. And were it not for this man with a legal concealed carry weapon, there could have been an even worse tragedy. Now, I don't like the idea that even the criminal loses his life or is seriously injured. But hey, you reap what you sow. And the responsibility is on you when you decide to be the villain. I am glad this shop owner is safe. Despite everything that happened, man. But here's what really got me about the story when I first heard it. They, they had the cops being like, well, we're going to figure out whether to prosecute this guy. And I'm like, figure out what? We saw, we saw the video. I guess there has to be some review to make sure, you know, you don't have someone staging something like that or whatever. I don't know. But it's just insane to me that the narrative would even come out. If I was the cop involved, I'd say, and asked by the, by the press, after everything we looked at, looks like a clean act of self-defense, acting in defense of another. And you know, if the investigation pulls up otherwise, we'll definitely consider it. But for the time being, there's, there's, no, there's no charges. That's, that's what he should have said. And so he's like, we're still doing the investigation and we'll see. Because we all know what really is going on. If you intervene to protect other people, they come after you. But we're pushing back. The stick man in California in Stockton, no charges. For this man, no charges. Here's the story. The Michigan gas station customer, so it was a gas station, who calmly shot an attempted armed robber in July while holding a six pack of beer will not be charged, according to the prosecutor. Cordelius Anthony Martin, 35, a repeat offender with an extensive criminal record, was met with seven bullets by a law abiding customer when he attempted to rob a Stone Lake Marathon gas station in Cassopolis, Michigan. Martin had been arraigned on the charges of armed robbery, assault with intent to rob while armed and felonious assault, according to Wood TV 8. According to Cass County Prosecutor's Office, the unidentified customer who had shot Martin will not face any charges after the office determined the customer's actions were lawful and justified in order to defend himself and the clerk. The customer who was seen in surveillance video calmly firing off shots at Martin while holding a six pack of beer had a valid concealed carry pistol license and previously worked as a security guard, according to the prosecutor's office. Uh, gotta say, impressed that he was able to hold his beer and fire with one hand. That's movie stuff. You know, I, I, I'm not the most accurate guy, especially with handguns. 
Okay, I guess. But uh, two hands for me, man. This guy with one hand was able to stop this uh, this attempted murderer. The customer who was seen in surveillance video calmly firing off shots at Martin while holding a six pack had a valid concealed carry. According to police, Martin brandished a box cutter and threatened the clerk. The customer then pulled out a handgun and shot the would be robber seven times as seen on surveillance footage. Michigan law states that a person may use deadly force against another person if they honestly and reasonably believe that doing so is necessary to stop someone from dying or suffering serious bodily injury, according to the network. Martin was arraigned on charges on August 18th and is being held in jail on $100,000 bond. His preliminary hearing is scheduled for August 24th. A simple local story, my friend, but it matters, my friends. Sorry, plural. Post Millennial also has this story. Dick's Sporting Goods CEO blames organized retail theft for loss in profits. You see, here's the big challenge we're facing. In this instance, the criminal made one simple mistake. He brought a weapon. Dude, don't bring a weapon. Cops won't intervene. No one can stop you then. Is that is that the name of the game? This is what we are seeing across the board. And I don't know if I have the answers for you. I really don't. You see, what's happening is these gangs are going into these stores, looting and just stealing whatever they want. And the cops can't do anything about it. They're not going to find these guys. You can't intervene because here's the narrative. If you get a guy who comes into Dick's Sporting Goods and grabs a handful of backpacks that cost a hundred and something bucks each and then just walks out, what do you do? He didn't threaten anybody. He just took some stuff. What happens if you grab him? Now it's assault. Now they're going to say you had no reason to hurt that person. The property is not worth the harm. That's the game. So like I said, the mistake this armed robber made in the gas station was being armed. Because if they tried to stop you as you were committing a crime, these activists would come out, these partisans, the prosecutors would put pressure on you and say, so it, it is never worth hurting someone. Now, I think Texas and West Virginia might be different. I think Texas allows you to use deadly force to protect property. But it would be deemed for the most part, I say for the most part, but typically socially unacceptable to use lethal force against someone who is stealing. And that's an interesting philosophical question I have for all of you. Personally, I don't believe stealing a uh, stealing goods from a store warrants the death penalty. I don't like the death penalty in this country because I don't trust prosecutors and the government. But I certainly think people can take actions which results in the forfeiture of their life, such as if you are trying to kill other people or harm children, it is reasonable, as Michigan even states, for someone to use force against you to try to stop you. And that force may result in a loss of life. That's your fault. You initiated the violence. I don't want anybody getting hurt. And we should try to stop the violence. But here's the, here's the challenge. If you, if you don't use any force to stop these criminals, the crime escalates. And if the crime escalates, eventually it gets deadly. And that's a problem. So we want to stop shoplifters. We want to stop these roving bands of individuals looting these stores. But what degree of force is acceptable? If you get one, there's this video where there's a bunch of women robbing a grocery store, it looks like. And some guy comes to the front door and grabs the basket and he's shoving the women. And it's like, you know, he might go to jail for that. They might say he had no reason to attack these women. These women weren't doing anything but carrying goods out of the store. The cost of the goods does not warrant putting someone in the hospital or risking their lives. But I got to be honest, man, we got to stop this somehow. So you tell me the solution. Dick's sporting goods. You're losing profits. Hey, man, that's not okay. We want businesses to function. We want stores to function. What's the solution? 
It's a double-edged sword, my friends. I know a lot of people are going to say you should be allowed to use force to protect property. Yes, I agree. I think you should be allowed to use force. Now, deadly, intentional, deadly force? Maybe not. Maybe the line is simply as this. If someone enters your store and you reasonably, reasonably believe they are stealing, you can detain them and stop them without facing civil liability and then wait for police to come and resolve it. If that individual engages in violent actions against you, you can escalate your use of force reasonably. That is to say, you are allowed to initiate force against them if they are stealing from you. However, not lethal force. That's kind of my view. Like if a guy is running away with a basket full of food, shooting him, nah, nah. But grabbing him, detaining him, yes. And anything that happens after that is the fault of the individual. That is to say, in my view, this is how the law should operate. If someone is stealing from your store, you can grab them. If in the process of you detaining them, stopping them and using force against them, they are severely injured or die, that's their fault. They committed the crime. In the act of committing a crime, someone died. They're responsible for their own death. I do not think it is reasonable for someone to shoot a person for shoplifting. Now, like I said, in the instance of this gas station, well, I bet if that dude did not have a box cutter, they might actually arrest the guy who had the gun. To be fair, though, where they're at in Michigan, maybe this guy just said, you know, I, he said I couldn't see what was in his hand when he when he shot at him, but he knew that he was being threatened. And then he says after he walked around, the guy was crawling towards him. So he shot him again. And they're saying he's not going to get charged for that. We need to bring back reasonable prosecution. Instead, what we have is completely unreasonable. It's easier for cops to arrest the law abiding citizen when they commit a minor infraction than it is to go after the actual criminals. Actual criminals going to be armed. You might shoot the cop. Cop gets scared. Law-abiding citizen who's, you know, doesn't have a concealed carry permit, but has his gun. Oh, the cop's going to go after you in two seconds. This is what the craziest thing to me is, that it's easier to arrest the innocent than it is the criminals. And that's what the, that's the pressure we are seeing right now. Our businesses are going to crumble. We cannot function this way. Walgreens being closed down, Target stores locking all of their products up. You got a Walgreens in Chicago that doesn't even have products anymore. You walk in the store, it's empty. There's a tablet. You type in what you want. They'll carry it out for you. How psychotic is this? And it's all because people won't accept reality. And reality is criminals are at fault, not the victims. The criminal who is stealing is responsible for anything that happens after the crime is committed. And I'm not going to play this stupid game. But amen. We'll, we'll wrap it up. Good for that dude who saved the life of that clerk and stopped a would-be murderer. Yo, we can't have this. We're going to see more and more stores close down unless we get serious about how to deal with crime. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. You know, you got a lot of people talking about immigration problems in Europe. And I was reading an article from the New York Times that had the opinions of several individuals. One was Ann Coulter who was talking about why Trump ain't going to get it. He's not going to win the nomination. He's not going to be the guy. And Ron DeSantis is the best. You know, give me, she makes some points. One of the points she made was that uh, Donald Trump is not the same guy he used to be. And she was right about Trump back in, I think it was 2015 or 2016. She said Trump will be the nominee. And they all laughed like Trump's going to win. And they all laughed. She knew. What she's saying now is that Trump won off of immigration. And immigration is a principal issue that is not being addressed right now. And that if Ron DeSantis comes out and takes that as, as his main issue, he's going to win. I'm not entirely convinced. To be completely honest, it would be unprecedented. But hey, 
She was right the first time and everyone laughed at her. I ain't, I ain't going to laugh at Ann Coulter. She was right about Trump. You better, you better keep that in mind. Take a look at the story. I, I, I love the absurdity of the story. American woman who's lived in Paris for six years exposes very dark side to life in the city of light, revealing she's been robbed, assaulted, and survived a kidnapping attempt. But she still says she's happier than she ever was in the U.S. Wow! That is a terrible indictment of Paris, lady. I mean, I'm, I am really impressed by, uh, let's read. An American woman, in, American woman living in Paris has marked her six-year anniversary in the country by revealing the brutal realities. Six phones pickpocketed, thwarting an attempted kidnapping, and visiting the hospital up to five times. Wow. Nonetheless, the 33-year-old still encouraged others to take the plunge. The experience is priceless. Famously had six cell phones pickpocketed, had an Uber driver try to kidnap me. Yo, lady, what? In an interview with a South African couple when I was in Korea, of all places. And it was, I, believe, I think it was in Korea. And it was interesting because I asked, like, is South Africa getting really, is, is it really that bad? You know, we're hearing about the farmers that are being attacked. This is years ago, mind you. And they were like, it's not really as bad as everyone says it is. I think I've only been carjacked like five times. And that was the funniest thing to me. Frogs in a pot boiling and, and then it's, there you go. You've only been carjacked five times? I've never been carjacked and I'm from Chicago. Been shot at randomly a couple times. And I know that's bad because where I live now ain't never happened. Living in New York, never, never got shot at one time. Sometimes you hear gunshots and you're like, yeah, wonder what that's all about. That's the thing. Out here in, uh, in the boonies in West Virginia, when I hear gunshots, I'm like, oh, I wonder, I wonder what's going on. One day I woke up and it sounded like automatic gunfire because a neighbor and his kids were all shooting at targets. And uh, I was like, oh, that's really fun. I don't care. I don't think twice. I'm not concerned about it. When I hear gunshots going off out here, it's just like, oh, they're aiming at targets. I don't got to worry about it. When I'm in Chicago and you hear a gunshot, you're like, better lay down. You don't know where that bolt's going. But this is what's crazy to me. This lady is basically saying Paris is disastrous. That's look, wow. This is crazy. She, she says, there are four pregnant bellies that I never got to touch and seven newborns that I never got to hold, four funerals I wasn't able to attend, and dozens of birthday parties I couldn't be present at. Hey, I'm happy she's happy, but she's making a strong indictment of Paris. I have famously had six cell phones pickpocketed, and an Uber driver tried to kidnap me. I was assaulted at the Louvre by like 14 guys, and I had my drink drugged with something, something on the Seine. I've gone to the police station to fill out police reports five times, and I visited the hospital five times. A French person has made me cry at least 100 times, and I have been told, c'est pas possible, when it was possible, at least 500 times. Uh, she said, it's not possible in French. She continues, if you move abroad, you will miss everything at home. You will miss events, births, weddings, and funerals. You'll spend countless days feeling lost, not knowing anything about life, feeling stupid. You'll be discriminated against simply for being an immigrant and be treated like a second-class citizen. Uh-huh. Amazing. But nonetheless, you will make new friends and they will and they will move. Then they will move away. You won't be able to express yourself the way you want to. And you'll find yourself constantly thinking, I'm so much smarter in English. I'm so much funnier in English. They have no idea. Uh-huh. But the issues do not stop there as social media star ads. You'll think you are fluent in the language and then find out that you are not. And then you'll think you're really, really fluent this time. But no, you're still not. You'll have to relearn everything you know about how life works and it's going to be it's going to suck, but do it anyways. Amanda then pivots to her thoughts about why people should move regardless of the extensive list. 
She said that she has lived in three different apartments, acquired a new cat. OK, look, we, we, we get it. We get it. I think she she very much enjoys what's going on. She boasts 725,000 followers on TikTok. I don't think it's real, to be completely honest. I, I really. Can you name a TikToker? Honest question. Name a TikToker. I'm waiting. Oh, I know you said Dylan Mulvaney, but Dylan Mulvaney's got followers on Instagram and other platforms. No, no, no. Name somebody who's only famous on TikTok. Yeah, I'm sure younger people can to a greater degree, but uh, there are a lot of people that you can name on social media, YouTube, for instance, tons of YouTubers that are popular among younger, the younger generation and uh, YouTubers that are popular among older generations. But TikTok is much, much, much harder. You know, but far be it for me to say there are some people that we've interviewed who are huge on TikTok and they know they have no influence. And that's the weirdest thing. Nobody recognizes them. Nobody walks them in the street. It's very, very strange. But there are varying degrees, to be completely honest. It just depends on whether or not the media will highlight you. But anyway, I digress. I don't know who this lady is. Who's this lady with 725,000 followers on TikTok? Okay, you know what? Maybe I'm an old man. I'm an old man. I just don't know anywhere, but I'm on Instagram. I follow a bunch of accounts on Instagram and popular people. There are people that I might recognize from Instagram. Not TikTok, though. But who am I to say? Here's what I see with this story. Now, she can say everything she wants to say about how how she loves traveling, and I can respect that. But I just got to point out, living in Paris, someone tries to kidnap you. You've been assaulted by 14 guys. You've been pickpocketed and robbed. And I'm just kind of like, yo, what's going on in Paris? What's happened to this place? Because we hear it quite a bit. And this is an interesting thing about the arguments about immigration. Now, Here's the big mistake I think a lot of uh, a lot of people make. They think it's race. I really, really can't stand the race argument because it is like low IQ assessment. Sorry, it just is. What happens is immigrants come in and then they see crime. Let's say in the United States, let's talk about uh, uh, let's, let's talk about immigration in the U.S., drug trafficking, et cetera, et cetera. And they're like, it's this dang old immigration. And it's like, it's not immigration, dude. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They say it's race. They end up looking at the skin color of the individual and they say it's immigration plays a large role in this. But even immigration to an extent is not the issue. My point is it ain't the people. It's the culture that the people have. And that can change or could be different based on a person. Two guys crossing the southern border may look identical, but have completely different worldviews. And that is the issue you need to understand. So to clarify. People will see the trafficking and assume race plays a role. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a scientist. Maybe there's some factor there or whatever. But I'm saying overwhelmingly, because nothing's absolute. It's not race. It's just not. They look at these videos and they're like, look, it's a video showing a particular group of people, you know, uh, African economic migrants committing these pickpocketings and crime and stuff. And I'm like, it is culture. It's culture, man. And I'll explain. There are people who are fleeing Venezuela and Cuba. Because they hate socialism. These are Pacific Islander. I'm sorry, not Pacific Islander. These are, these are Caribbean folks, descendants of natives from the area. Native American, mestizos, Central American, etc. Hispanic speaking individuals who are fleeing these countries in desperate hope that they can live in a capitalist country. I love it. So that means that there will be many people who don't speak English who immigrate here illegally, we don't like that, but still favor our worldview and our constitution more than many people in this country. This is the funny thing. 
that I love about the, uh, the, 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 the white nationalists. They like to bring up, you know, um, this country's, what are, what are they saying? It's, it's the last generation is going to be white majority. And I'm like, that doesn't mean anything to me. Like a person being white doesn't mean anything to me. Someone commented really funny because Laura Loomer mentioned that on the show. And then someone super chatted, like telling a mixed race guy that the country is not going to be majority white is like a waste of time. Or uh, it said something like, is like showing a picture of oxygen to a drowning man. It's a quote from from Watchmen. I like it. But it's like completely meaningless. It does nothing for me. You know, what I care about values. I don't care your, where you come from. I don't care what your race is. I care that you are that you uh, 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 enter the country legally. I care that you care about our constitution. You care about our values. And if you come here, you say, I am not going to impose my views on you. I will adopt your culture because yours has, is a proven track record for success for success. So here's what happens with France. This mass influx of immigration, right, it is an issue. If all the immigrants who came to the U.S. were, if, if like, imagine if the only people crossing the border, no traffickers, no cartels, literally just Venezuelans escaping communism. Yo, we'd all be, we'd all be much better off. These people would come here and they would start talking about the problems of leftism and, and how we got to change it. And we'd be clapping for them. And that'd be fantastic. Instead, what do we get? Economic migrants who don't care at all. And that is an issue because they don't bring American culture with them. They bring nothing. And then it's not a melting pot. It's a homogenization pot. I'm sorry, that's actually what we want. It's a de-homogenization pot. It's a bunch of factions of random people who don't care about anything other than just getting for themselves. Nah, we want people to come to this country of all different backgrounds and skin types and colors so long as they agree with American values. Frederick Douglass, man, that dude was based. He's a black man talking about how we have to, up, we have to live up to our own constitution. There are many people who recognize the founding fathers did a great thing, despite doing bad things as well. That's what we got to talk about. So that's what I find funny with this video. This lady, man, that's an indictment of what's going on in France. And immigration plays a role. That's why you need legal immigration. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up tonight at 6 p.m. I think at 6. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 